What's up, homies, and welcome to another episode of Dio Homes Presents. The last few episodes have been kind of off the cuff, and I want to kind of give a return to form and oh, humanizing horror, and I want to basically talk about uh, the word goon and <laughs> what that means, what that represents, how that relates to the genre, and what that means to the person. Pretty much the, the horror lifestyle from a uh, outward and an inward perspective, but we're going to get right to that here uh, in a sec, so... Sit tight. Let's do this. Alright, welcome back, homies. So, the thing I said in the intro. Some of you may have heard the word goon, and by definition, uh, a goon is a stupid person. And you may be wondering, how does this relate to the horror genre? Like, what does it mean in that way? And some people imagine if a goon is somebody that is a bully. Well, let's look at the... What do you think of what you think of um, someone that is stupid a lot of times by society standards? is somebody that is doing something that doesn't make any sense. Um, I remember when I was younger, the first time I really heard the word goon in a negative sense was just my dad saying, hey, you don't want to be some goon in here. It's like watching movies and playing video games all day. Get the ball and go outside and play. I feel like this is a plight that many, many geeks and nerds dealt with growing up as a kid because there is, you know, it's pre-COVID, it's pre-the world. I mean, I don't know, the world was crazy in the 90s too. I grew up in the 90s and stuff was wild. But, uh, you know, it was that time period where at some point you were not going to be able to sit down in your mother's room and play Final Fantasy VII all day without a memory card. Uh, she was going <laughs> to make you go outside. She'd take your soccer ball and go outside, you know, like I had friends. So, you know, it was it was this thing. And the, the reasoning for it was that, you know, I don't want you to be one of these people that just spends all their time doing this. I have some interesting thoughts on that. And this is in no way me, you know, at all, you know, critiquing my parents as whatsoever they just wanted me to get some vitamin d i get it and it was considered to be strange because you know from an adult perspective they were you know adults and for you know a man raising a child you know working and stuff you know in the habitat and the environment that you create as an adult if you're not in it it doesn't make any sense so you know, if I wanted to sit down and watch, like, the basketball game or something with them, which is what he talked to his friends about the barbershop and stuff, what he was interested in, he played basketball, you know, that probably would have made a little more sense. But wanting to watch somebody be, you know, gored with a harpoon or decapitated with a, you know, paper shredder probably wasn't the thing for keynote conversation. And that's really what I'm getting to. What people find strange is things that they can't apply to their actual and everyday life, right? And in my last episode, I brought up some very interesting um, topics. And there's some people, and I say people because there's some people out there going to think I'm speaking specifically to them. And I'm not. It's like four of you. It's like four of you that felt the need to confront me and your belief on my ideals or something in my last episode. So let me, let me go ahead and throw this out there randomly. And I feel like this is unnecessary, but we're going to touch on this a little bit too. Um, I don't, and nor have I ever, and nor am I judging my does. Everybody does their own thing. I've had, like, the heart for, say, like, you know, certain types of relationship dynamics. I just feel like I have an understanding of how they can be applicable, um, just simply from living, because I realize that there's more than one way to sell a boat. So, with that, 
I remember very much growing up, and when you watch, you know, television, when you watch movies, when you read books, you get to the dynamic of what kids do, what they talk about, who they are. Like, if you watch a generic thing, they used to create some generic TV show that all kids love and are obsessed with, as if every kid is watching the same cartoon. It's not true. That's why they have demographics. Like, 28% of kids are watching that one cartoon. I've grown up with people that have never watched Power Rangers. I don't know um, why they're trying to pass themselves off as being anything other than pod people from another planet, but they exist, and they're here. Um, the big thing is that everybody's got their own interests. So, truthfully, to answer all of you, I've always been this way. If you're just now tuning into the podcast and you're just now hearing about me and learning about me for the first time, when people were coming to school, not that I didn't watch Sailor Moon and Dragon Ball and Pokemon, it's just that, yes, when I got off the bus and people were like, today I watch Sonic, you know, Sad AM Sonic and had that awesome guitar solo because he's the fastest thing alive. You know, I was like, Oh, yeah, I stayed up and watched USA up all night and saw, you know, Friday the 13th, part seven, Jason Takes Manhattan. And you know, there's this really intense scene uh, where this guy tried to box Jason and he's like the realest G ever. And you know, I got my stares, I got my weird looks because. It was weird. But the question is, why was that weird? It wasn't weird because, you know, Jason was a, a, a mongoloid supernatural killer in a hockey mask that was murdering a bunch of teenagers who were trying to take a cruise. Okay, maybe a little. It was like 13% of it. But the big thing was because of what that represented. It represented a certain freedom that certain people didn't have. As I said before, my parents were, for the most part, okay with me watching things if I had, like, a generalized understanding of it. If I had any questions, if I knew it was applicable to fantasy and not real life, if I had any questions that they could be answered. But the other thing was, you know, it was a weekend, so I didn't necessarily have bedtime on the weekends. There was a time that I had to be in bed, and that was about it. So what made, this is uncomfortable, made that weird was, why were you up this late? Why was this something you were out I grew up with a lot of kids that, like, their parents did not let them watch radar movies or PG-13 movies. And that made going to parties really weird. And that made me not want to go to parties. That instilled in me very young a dislike of social gatherings. Why? Because I didn't want to watch My Little Pony Express when I went to my friend's house. No, I wanted to watch whatever the hell I wanted to watch. So if they were renting movies and I saw that their dad had rented, like, Razor Killer you know, the end of madness, that's what I wanted to watch. And when they said, oh no, that's for us. We rented this for the for you kids. And it was like, you know, Five O Goes West, which is one of the most depressing fucking movies I have ever, like, why did they make that? It's, it's only intent and purpose is to make you cry. That's it. It's like an onion in media form. But anyway, I didn't want to watch Five O Goes West. So... These things shape my personality. Now, here's where this is weird. Am I just a psychopath that loves watching Carnage and Blood and Gore? I mean, maybe. It's like 7% of it. But you know what the other 93% of it is? I didn't like parties because of the lack of freedom that it represented to me as a child. So when I grew up and I was weird, I stepped away from social gatherings. It had absolutely nothing to do with the fact that like I was secretly a sociopath and everything to do with the fact that I felt like whatever other people were going to be doing just really wasn't fun for me. When we were kids, we were teenagers. I was going to go to somebody's house and, like, I was gifted certain freedoms, I guess, based on my intellect, based on the trust, based on the way that my parents raised me with certain level of maturity. 
and other kids had helicopter parents and you didn't know until you were already at the slumber party you couldn't vet your friends and their home life and be like hey i'm here are you guys cool or not like you know you were you were just there and you had to make your own fun and guess what if you went to somebody's birthday party and you brought a book and you started reading it whoa but it's like being in the military have a soap party and said sucks then you got made fun of at the party and then at school and then you got bullied and then if you fought back, now you're the kid that beat up kids at another birthday party and that just makes things worse. And guess what? Now you have that weird reputation again. Now here's the thing. The stigma around horror so people's understanding is that horror movies are disturbing. It's people getting killed in weird ways. Oh, we don't want you to watch this. I don't know why. It's like that belief like, hey, if you listen to heavy metal, you're going to try to summon the devil. First of all, Anybody that's watched any kind of supernatural movie or read any kind of like archaic text, if you actually summon the devil, I feel like that should be an accolade. Like, why, why would you chastise your child for like completing some really like fantastic and overly complicated archaic magical ritual to summon Lucifer Morningstar from the depths of Hades? That would be fantastic. Like, whoa, son, I didn't know you had this much arcane magic flowing through your veins. You didn't get this from me. I am so proud of you. The amount of study and the gathering of sacrificial items and things here. When did you learn Latin? My son is a motherfucking G. You know Latin? Is it? I think I said, is that what was it? Aramaic? Huh? You're a gangster. I, I would be so proud. All right. I think everybody's parenting. I would be so proud. But beside that point, that is ridiculous. If watching horror movies made you a murderer I would not be on this podcast that's not it there's it's deeper than that so when you say that somebody's a goon I've always referenced myself as somebody that's just like really into their stuff and when I say really interested I mean really into their stuff to the point to where it is no longer understandable by the basic and average person in society I have a lot of friends <laughs> no I don't but I know a lot of people that are really into things I know a lot of people that are really into art are really into books that are really into the media that they're into and they're interested in everything. And if this is still a word that's tossed around, they'd be considered goons. They're very goons because people are like, that's stupid. Why are you that into that thing? There's other things to do. Go outside and play with a ball. Alright, so not the whole, whole pity thing about how this genre is so like mistakenly looked at, right? But it is. Because, again, as I've said several times, what genre has more more cases of strong female characters in lead roles and in side character roles than horror? None. We literally have a term called final girl. The final girl that is from this genre as a representation of a strong female character in lead. So much so that other writers and directors and artists try to create final girls in other genres what other genre has complex yet relatable views on things like relationships and sex my controversial episodes because it allows you to understand that hey the way you grew up in disneyland the way you grew up in church and everything that's not necessarily for everybody we have people on this planet with different beliefs different spiritual practices different ways like different views different ways that their brain function and work is stimulated. Are you seriously going to say that because these people don't feel and think the way that you feel and think that it's wrong because it makes you feel a certain type of way? Shrimp makes me gassy, but that doesn't mean it doesn't taste good. It doesn't mean that other people shouldn't eat it. It doesn't mean other people should. I think 
one of the things I really pride this genre on was creating a likable character out of somebody that was not necessarily great. And this happens in other media. Like, I watch and read a lot of stuff, so it's not like horror invented this or does it well. It's just so much that it's a staple. I mean, think about your classic whodunit horror film when you find out who the killer is and you're like, oh man, I liked her. And she was kind of cute or mad. I liked him or I trusted that guy, which is something that gets kind of done away with sometimes when you have that, you know, whole nuanced thing where they reveal the killer very early on. But in doing that and realizing that, you know what it helped me realize at a young age? Everything's not black and white. Hell, what do I call all the time? <laughs> Friday the 13th, Part 7, Jason Takes Manhattan. Like, they try to do this weird thing here and there where they humanize Jason. Like, they've got these various scenes that I'll go through in the episode that I will finally do when I finally talk about this movie where they they make Jason Voorhees you know mongoloid mutant killer um a, a quote-unquote likable character and then one thing I said what <laughs> he's killed all these people you know it doesn't mean that he's like a total jackhole one of my favorite lines from Ocean Eleven it's actually two lines is well, actually, I'm not even quoting Ocean Eleven I'm quoting from Dust From Dawn anyway, let's talk about Ocean Eleven fantastic movie watch it uh George Clooney, I saw it on accident because when I was a kid, um, I actually went with uh, some of my cronies to go see Lord of the Rings, and we were trying to be polite young gents, and uh, this lady was like, hey, let me get in front of you, we were going, of course, ma'am, go ahead, and she actually snuck her whole family in front of us, like seven or eight people cut us in line, and right when we finally got up there, we were, of course, miffed, we were angry punk teenagers, and we got up there, they ran out of tickets. And if we didn't let these people cut in line, we wouldn't have run out of tickets. It filled me with um, disappointment. But we ended up going to go see Ocean's Eleven, which I greatly enjoyed. And I feel like I was the only person amongst my cronies that enjoyed it, but that's because of my little film. But there's a line in there where Julia Roberts calls George Clooney, who plays Danny Ocean, uh, a liar and a thief. And he says, I only lied about being a thief. And I always love that line because, like, we're so quick to call tell somebody who they are and what kind of person they are based on something that they did and never take that thing as just being that because we're so afraid of what it translates and what it means. Sometimes a fish is just a fish. And it doesn't mean that necessarily that a person likes fishing or that the water was a certain way or that you suck as a fisher when you went on the boat, so why are you applying that to you? It just means that that person caught a fish that day. There's another line from Dust to a Dawn where at the end, by the way, spoiler warning, my bad homies, <laughs> spoiler alert, there's another line towards the end of From Dust to a Dawn where uh, a young Juliette Lewis is telling George Clooney's character, um, the older gecko brother, that I can come with you. And she looks at her and says, you ever been to El Rey? Do you know what El Rey is? And he goes, I'm a bastard, but I'm not a fucking bastard. And, you know, we get it. This man's a criminal. He hasn't done great things to people. He's caught a few bodies throughout this movie. But what he's not going to do is take a, a a young woman to El Rey. This is not a thing he's going to do. And I think that life imitates art, art imitates film. But that really put into my head, like, somebody can do something bad and not be a bad person. And that one singular action doesn't speak for everything that they do. Which is something we seem to forget because we try to put people in boxes. So just because somebody's wearing a Slayer shirt and they're like watching people get murdered on the weekends when they have like their fifth like massacre murder marathon doesn't necessarily mean they're a violent person. They may be a Buddhist. They just like watching scary movies and listening to Slayer. And if any of you out there are Buddhists that like watching scary movies and listening to the Slayer, please email me so we can talk on the podcast. I've studied the practice for a while. I've gone to several services and 
you know, my practices didn't take me into a different direction. It's really the spiritual path that I thought I was going to take when I was younger. I read some of the writings of Siddhartha Gautama and many various, you know, texts on Buddhism. And like I said, I've gone to various prayer and worship. And I, I think the, the, the tones of gentleness and oneness and achieving nirvana, there's a lot to be said there. Trying to basically be the best person you can be and live your best life for no other reason other than you just should because you exist. And um, I don't know, I feel like that's a, that's a really interesting thing. I didn't mean to get all spiritual on you all, but... It's just a thing a lot of times people will do something good and say, what's this going to get me or what's the point or why? Well, you just do it because, you're, because you can. You can. You have the power within you at all times to do great good and great harm. Um, I try my best and, and fail often and continue to try to harm as few people as possible um, just because it's not why I feel like I'm here. So... Good practices. But anyway, we try to put people in boxes based on what we feel like we want to be, what we feel like we have. And it usually has nothing to do with that other person. I think that's why people don't understand that their feelings on things are often incredibly selfish. And in applying your feelings to things is also incredibly selfish. Um, oftentimes in situations, I never come from the perspective of what does this mean for me. Like, if someone has a goth friend... And they're like, hey, I don't like this goth friend. And I'm like, oh shit, I'm goth. How do they feel about me? Never crossed my mind. Because I'm not that person. And if that person is applying to that person, that's more of a them issue than me. Like, people's inability to separate situations and individuals from those situations and individuals is not a reflection of you. So, let's talk about various other media and how this relates. And what this means about being a goon. Um in general i embrace that i i like the it helps me myself separate and what i mean by that is that i was okay not being invited to the party because one and i mean this generalization the party of life the party of parties all the parties because one i didn't think i was going to have any fun and honestly i don't think i would but two if there were going to be people there that were going to judge or look at me different or make some sort of assumption based on something in relation to their own experience without being able to see beyond that or use or practice any kind of empathy in relation to what it could mean without having experienced it themselves. I didn't want to be around those people. The moment that word gets said, the negative connotation, it tells me everything I need to know about that individual. Like, oh, you think this is stupid because you can't make sense of it or it doesn't make sense to you. And therefore, you think, I am stupid without ever having really conversated with me or gotten to know me or tried to understand why I like this. And even if you don't understand why I like this, just understand that I like something and you like things too. And therefore, okay, cool. And in some ways, you maybe look at this the same way. Nah, we're good. Small circles, you know. I've been in a lot of communities, and I talk about the doc community a lot. And I'll be honest, it's not always the most welcoming I feel like it should be. Um... <laughs> and it really should. But I will say that as far as communities, and I've said this a lot, and that's why this podcast even exists. The horror community, love it. Love it. Love you guys. Love you. You'll do, you'll do creepy eyes. And y'all hear that was my Apple Watch going off. I thought I had that silence, so sorry. I want to tell you guys I'm probably going to edit that out. Um, but I'm not. I don't, I don't want to lie. I don't want to lie to you guys. It's not why we're here.
So, yeah, it's a really well order. That's why I love horror conventions, because everybody there, regardless of whatever, here it is. This is a this is a bad example, but it is. I've said this several times. Goth is a music-based subculture, right? It just is. Are there people out there that you're going to see at a goth music festival that have never listened to uh, The Cure or Lebanon Hanover or The Sister of Mercy? Yes. Yes, there will be there. Are there going to be some people there that saw a cute little black Lolita dress just like the fashion that be dressed up? But you know who you're more than likely not going to see at a horror convention? People that don't watch horror movies. And if you like horror movies enough to go to a horror convention, you've probably felt all of the negative weight that comes with that. I have this... Uh, this phrase that I hate in my head is the idea that people can wear my subculture as a Halloween costume. Somebody can literally go to a Hot Topic, um, find some distressed clothing or something. I don't know what clothes you're carrying, what brand they're carrying, what the Serbia. Put that on, get some black lipstick from the Ota at the JCPenney and everything, and then boom, they're goth for a weekend. And if somebody calls them a name for it or makes them feel insecure and uncomfortable, they can go home, take that off, and be normal because their strangeness is something that they can hide because it's borrowed. And I've never been able to hide who I am. I've always been that kid that talked about the scary movies I watched over the weekend. I've always been that person that people go to to watch. When I was in the military, I shared a bathroom with this guy. I think his name was Stuyvesant. That probably wasn't his name. It was something like that. So I'm not calling him out on the, on the podcast because I, I, I don't think I remember this kid's name. I do, but I'm not going to tell you what it is. So anyway, and he would come to my room habitually with friends and then friends would come to my room and they would borrow movies from me this sounds awesome right like i was the movie i was the weird rental store no they legit said hey you got any more of those weird freak movies as if the films that i was into and watched couldn't at all be entertaining or valid or heartwarming or anything i never thought my movies were weird freak movies i've got some very the films that were mostly rented from my weird freak movie and that's what this podcast is really about the movies that i lent that i shared with people that were never understood or gotten no, it's about being a good audition. Takashi Miike. Sad, sad movie. Oh my god, about the depths of human loneliness and where that can take you, and the feelings of being um, manipulated and turned, and how not being able to move past your trauma can essentially make you the villain in everyone's story because you can't accept that what happened to you was something awful, but you can't let it shape who you are. That was tough. That was deep. I've let so many people borrow that movie. It's ridiculous. The Realm of the Senses. It's not a horror movie. And it was banned in the United States for a really long time. Madonna once said it was her favorite film. If you've never seen it, I'm not going to fucking describe it to you. Because I don't want this podcast to get canceled. I like doing this. And if Spotify takes me down, it will not be for this reason. But if you haven't heard of who Abe Sabe is, look her up. Google it. Google the story. It's a short story. It's a nice little Wikipedia read find this movie you'll probably have to import it watch it actually i think it's from criterion collection you can probably get it on blue right now watch it check it out this movie was so borrowed and i was judged mercilessly for owning it and what tripped me out about that is that people borrowed it this is like the girl a few years ago i don't know if you remember that engaged in a falelele with a rapper and then tried to sue him because of her esophagus being bruised. And it's like, but you did the filet-le. You saw it. You held it in your hands. You still attempted the filet You did this. So, I mean, it's weird because, like, people will have the experience with you, have the experience by proxy, and continue to judge you for it. Um, wild, right? 
There's another one. I feel like I should give y'all three. Um, Chikushinardi, one missed call, the original Japanese one, frightening. And yeah, okay, I'll take credit for it. That was, that was a frightening movie, right? But it was so weird, and I feel like nobody really got it. But it's borrowed because it's like, hey, you know, this guy's got these weird movies. Let's rent them. There's another one, Death Trance. People just totally overlooked the amazing soundtrack by Darren Gray in that movie. Just looked at all the strangeness. Uh, um, Tetsuo the Iron Man. Fantastic film. About repressed sexuality and uh, guilt. And it's just, you know, over here, just something weird to borrow from my room. And just like have parties and get high and drink too and say, here you go, Dre, here's it back. No discussion from that and everything. It's like, man, you're weird. Where do you find this weird stuff? The same place you find your weird stuff. And, uh, you know, it's, it, it, it's funny because, like, in a weird way, I got that, that similar sense. Not that, like, you know, my subculture has a Halloween costume, but more so that, like, I was, I was there for, like, this certain level of entertainment. And I was, I was. And it made me feel better because to me, I was like, I was just glad that I was exposing people to a different type of media, you know. I've, I've exposed people to a, a certain world of film that they wouldn't experience. And I like to think that in some ways, maybe they took something away from that. It's like a song that they think about years later. And like, hey, that kid, that guy, let me listen to that song or whatever. And maybe it led them down a different path. Maybe exposing people to so much Takashi Miike just completely changed the way to look at film. Maybe they became film fans. And it's all because they came to my room and they borrowed some movie that they didn't really understand at the time because some friends of them said, hey, there's this weird goth kid and he's got these really weird movies. And there's one that has like uh, English dub that we can listen to. And it's really badly done, but we don't know that. And uh, I, I made a mini director or something out there. I'm not saying made. I'm not trying to take credit for anything. What I'm saying is that I will take credit for this. Now they're a movie goon. Someone's looking at them and saying, you're stupid, why do you like movies so much? And it's because, you know, Brown River Moon. And, you know, to end this off, if someone's calling you stupid for something, you're not stupid. They just don't understand what you're into. They don't understand why you're that into it. And I've come to learn that people that have a hard time living their truths and people that have a hard time embracing their passions people that are just repressed really in any way can't understand how people can like and enjoy things the way that they do because they can't and that isn't, it's not a reflection it doesn't have anything to do with you you're fucking great you're awesome you're a badass we're gonna go get coffee and we're gonna share a chocolate croissant together someday but like that has everything to do with them don't wear that don't put that on you don't let them put that on you slide out the way juke Shake that, shake that scene, you know? So, this is one of those things where I want you to know that, like, whatever you're into, if you're passionate about supernatural horror or thriller or psychological thriller, well, if you're passionate about My Little Pony or Little Mermaid or just Disney films or just passionate about reading teen romance novels and everything, and people think that's weird, and this thing is weird because they don't understand it, and they probably don't understand it or they think it's weird because they feel like they can't talk about it really live it or pursue the things that they really like that really makes them happy they don't know how to share that and that's on them not you don't let them put that coat on it doesn't fit let it fall on the floor keep doing you 
keep being you. And don't ever let anybody take that away from you. If it's horror, if it's sex, if it's spooky movie music, be you. There's a whole community out there. Maybe you haven't met them yet. And they think you're great. And I think you're great. And in anything you do, you know, just know, I support you, I believe in you. Go be good people. Um, that's it for this week. Next week we're going to have something that's more, more poly, more review-y. Uh, remember, you can't always, you know, support. I super appreciate that. It's like 99 cents a month. Like, you won't even notice it's missing. I'll notice it's there. I appreciate it. And uh, without all of you, you know, thank you. I couldn't even do this, so um, it's much appreciated. And, uh, you know, thanks, and I'll see you all next week. All right. Later, homies.